Peace and blessings upon you all, and welcome back to the Mindspace podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine, and today's topic is something that should be close to all of our hearts as Muslims, and it is the topic of Palestine. I am here today to occupy a space in your mind as you allow me to go through a different perspective, a perspective of empowerment, of encouragement, because as most of us would be aware, the things that we are viewing on social media, all over the platforms on the news, YouTube, TikTok, they can be quite traumatizing. It can be quite debilitating. It can cause us to feel very hopeless and like we don't serve a higher purpose or a purpose in providing help when it does come to this kind of thing that's happening across the other side of the world. It is very important, as most of you would know, to inform yourself and be aware of the things that are happening, the things that are occurring, and also understand that If you are unable to provide financial help, if you are unable to share a post, if you are unable to have a platform to speak on and spread some kind of awareness or message or to stand up against the oppression, um, you know, the atrocities that really are happening, it is important for you to understand that the bare minimum you can do is remember our brothers and sisters in Islam that are being oppressed, that are going without, and not just in Palestine but all over the world. There are a lot of people in our ummah who are struggling, be it financially, mentally, health-wise, and it is super important as individuals to show gratitude and remembrance as we are all one and when we act as one, we can unite as one. Now, a different viewpoint that I want to present to you regarding the things that are happening in Palestine. I watched a video today. By the time this podcast is uploaded. It's been about three days since this has happened. I woke up, jumped on YouTube, and I saw a video of thousands and thousands and thousands of Muslims gathered around Al-Aqsa Mosque, and they were chanting words of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I couldn't help but in that moment get goosebumps and feel how powerful they were how strong they were, how united they were. It was a scene that I have probably never seen in my life. And do you know what it made me feel? It made me feel weak. It made me feel spoiled. It made me feel like the high quality life we live here really takes us away from the remembrance of Allah, from the strength we have in our religion, from our undivided attention and a willingness to know that Allah is our provider, that Allah is the one who wills for us to be successful or not successful, that regardless of what they have going on, on the forefront of their mind is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the religion of Islam. It is repeated on their tongue. It is repeated in their speech. It is repeated in their actions, in their behaviors, in their strength. It is strength that we don't see in our everyday life. No matter what person we see in the Western world and we think they're strong, we think they've been on a hard journey, we think they're inspirational, it doesn't compare to 1% of the strength we see in these people of Palestine, in the people of oppression, in the people facing war, be it the children, the teens or the adults. And I sat and I reflected upon myself and I was like, they have won. They may not have won in this life, in dunya, 
But in Akhirah, inshallah, they have. Because of the strength they have, the power they have, the movement they have as individuals and as a united nation is something that I don't think we will ever see in this westernized world, in this part of the world that is governed by sin, that is governed by everything that goes against our religion and our morals and our code of ethics. They are people who the only way I can explain it have undeniable and unbreakable steadfastness that even in the sight of war, they do not back down. They do not run away. They do not crumble. Yes, they're in pain. Yes, they're tired. Yes, they've had enough, but they do not give up. And I sat and thought, how many people coming to my office and how many times within myself do I feel like I want to give up? Like I can't stand up and have a hard conversation. Like I can't sit there and put people in place or speak my truth. Like I am unable to make change or make a move or get out of my comfort zone. And then I'm looking at these people who are in the midst of war, standing up for themselves, speaking, demanding, taking control. They have broken through barriers that no other country in the entire world has broken through. Of course, first and foremost, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what does that tell you? They are a poor country. They are a country that can barely get food and water. Yet, they broke through into a country which years and years and years and years was impenetrable. What does that tell you about their strength? What does that tell you about the barakah of that land? What does that tell you about how belief and strength and patience will pay off, be it in one day, two days, one month, these people, 75 years of patience? How many generations is that? 75 years. And I sat there and I was pondering and I was reflecting and I said to myself, we're upset if, you know, our delivery is a couple hours too late. We are upset if we go to a restaurant and the food isn't what we ordered. We are upset if we can't buy our child the newest iPad or game or, you know, the newest pair of Jordans. We are upset if someone says one word to us that kind of offends us. And I've never felt more like a loser in my life than I have after watching that video. And this brings me back to the common theme amongst the episodes I've been trying to put out. Well, I have been putting out. Our attachment to the world has spoiled us. Our hearts have become spoiled. Our minds have become spoiled. And we have, to some extent, and this serves as a reminder to myself before anyone else, lost the true essence of our purpose here because we've become too connected to the things that distract us from our true essence. And people come out and they say, oh, I wish I could be there. I wish I could fight for them. I wish. And the reality is you are too spoiled of a person to even manage 
one hour in their shoes, let alone go there and live their life. Too spoiled. Because if today I asked you to live off one pair of shoes, one outfit, a sack of potatoes and rice, will you be able to do that? Will you be willing to give up the lifestyle you have in order to live extremely minimal, to give yourself the opportunity to strive for your echira and spend 95% of your life striving for your echira and 5% for dunya? Because right now we see 95% striving for dunya and 5% for Echira. And I am not saying people do this on purpose. I am not saying people are in this position on purpose. People need to live. People need to provide. People have a family to keep a roof and clothes and food in their belly. I get that. But I'm here to question, is everything that you work for what you actually need to have a roof over your head, to have food in your stomach? to give your children a good opportunity? Or is a big, big, big amount of it a lot more of things that we want, that we socially or culturally culturally think that we need? Because if you pair it back to religion, we really do need the bare minimum. Our success is in our religion. It is in the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. It is in kalam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of the Qur'an. That is our success. That is our guideline to live a successful life, to live a wholesome life, a fulfilling life, a life that allows us to look upon the people who are oppressed, who are fighting hardship, who are literally in a war, And hold gratitude for them, hold space for them, hold dua for them, hold them at the forefront of our mind. But that guilt that we feel, that sadness that we feel, that anxiety that we feel is actually a reflection of our own self. It's not a reflection of what we're viewing on the other side of the world. It's a reflection of our self knowing how far away from our religion we have gone how we have allowed the dunya and our need and our needs and wants and desires of the worldly things has taken us away yes we feel sorry for them yes our heart cries for them but if you want to take it a step deeper when you really really listen to what's tugging at your heart it's the fact that to some degree you know you are lacking somewhere be it your prayers, your fasts, your gratitude, be it in how you treat people, be it in your work, in the services you provide, in your intention, be it how you show up as a mother, a father, a boss, a colleague. We are flawed human beings. We all are. That is a known. But it's up to you what you do with those flaws. It's up to you what you're willing to change. 
It's up to you to understand that the things that are tugging at your heart, that the things that you are feeling guilty and shame and not good enough about isn't only because of what's happening on the other side of the world, but it's because you know within yourself how far off track you've gone, how caught up you've gotten. Because for me to sit there and see people that are staring down at guns, bombs, children that are dying, and the first thing they say to you is Alhamdulillah, and I look at that and I think far out because number one, it hurts, but number two, I'm over here complaining about the weather, complaining that my kids just don't stop, complaining how annoying my neighbour is, complaining how I couldn't afford the new pair of Jordans. And then I realised that I wasn't only hurting and my heart sinking for them, but it was sinking for the little things within myself and perhaps that you can see in yourself that need a massive change, that need a massive wake-up call. And the reality is what is happening on the other side of the world isn't something we didn't know about. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, Al-Qur'an, tells us all the signs that are going to be coming before the day of judgment. And we are now moving towards the major signs. We know that. And we've had all this prep time, all this prep time. And what have we done with our prepping? What have we done to establish ourselves in the strongest form, in the most solid belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So when that time comes, we are steadfast, we are righteous, we are deserving of the place that we have on the Day of Judgment. But so many people are aware and they think when the major signs come, it'll be okay. I know what they look like. I know what I need to stay away from. And then they want to prepare or think they will be prepared. But what have you done in the lead up to that? What have you given up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What have you given up for your religion? What have you stayed away from? What have you changed within yourself? And these are not questions I'm just asking you. These are questions I ask myself almost on a daily basis. So these episodes don't only serve as a reminder to you, but a reminder first and foremost to myself. Because no matter how far in life we get, we should always look at the aspects of ourselves that need more work, that need more growth, that need more harnessing. Because it is great to look at the people on the other side of the world that are oppressed, that are struggling, that are dying, that are in a war. But at the same time, what are you doing to have your best chance? 
when you are at war every single day with shaitan? What are you doing every day to give yourself your best chance on the day of judgment to receive your book in your right hand? What are you doing each and every day to prepare for the major signs that perhaps we will see, we won't see? What are you doing to prepare your children for what is to come or your children's children? What legacy are you leaving behind and instilling in your children in order for them to be successful? Because if I sat now and I envisioned 30, 40, 50 years from now, my kids, 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 or my kids, kids, I want you to just take a look around. Perhaps you're outside listening to this. Perhaps you're on your way to work. You're on school drop-off or pick-up. And have a look at the people around you. And you tell me if you think Islam is going to be extremely prevalent in our community in that many years' time. When you really look at the people, at the culture, at society, and I'm not saying specifically the children, but even the parents of these children, because you set the standard of the life the etiquette, the righteousness for your children. If you are entertaining parties and dancing and, you know, dressing a specific manner and associating yourself with specific people and being around specific places and instilling a westernized culture in your home, in your children, it is very hard to come when they're older and say, why is my child like this? So it is important to assess every aspect of your life. It is important to look at what's happening on the other side of the world and ask yourself, I'm hurting for these people. I'm hurting for my brothers and sisters. I'm making dua for my brothers and sisters. But where in myself do I need to improve so I can have 1% of the tawakko that these people have? 1% of the remembrance of Allah that these people have, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The belief, the conviction, and the strength that these people have. Because they are a nation who cannot be broken down. They are a nation that's changing history. They are a nation that forever will leave a legacy behind. And we are a part of a religion that we know success sooner or later of Islam is going to overpower the whole entire globe. That is where I come from. That is where you come from. That is what we're a part of. You are guaranteed to be a winner. But what are you doing to earn your winnings? And I end with subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Peace.